Hello, All Beer Inside listeners. We here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 142 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on August 12th, 2022. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Uh, we're wrapping up our quick three-week Muskoka, well, three-interview Muskoka trip here. And uh, joining me is uh, Mark at Catalyst, and we are in Bracebridge, Ontario. Thanks for having me. Thank Thanks you very, for me having you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for hosting <laughs> us. We always appreciate anybody who's willing to take time out of their schedule to speak with us about what I find is a fantastic creation of God. So yeah. uh, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you once again. And you brought me out some tasty looking beers here to try. What am I starting with? So, you're going to be starting off. Let me just look. Okay, so you're going to be going uh, Dock Light, yep. which is our sort of crowd pleaser, um, summer crusher, even though I hate the term. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be that sort of gateway beer into. Um, into lagers, or if you're Bud, Miller, Coors, Heineken, whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to be the easiest for someone who's uninitiated into craft beer to kind of get on board with. It's not that much different than those, and they're going to be able to drink a bunch of it and still go about their day. Four percent, perfect gateway it's, beer for one of them BMC drinkers. <laughs> it's just like it, it's yeah. it's the gateway. Perfect, um, and it kind of sets up the rest of our line up to kind of go from there. Amazing, as I do, toast. Yeah, still as good as it was yesterday when I was visiting. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Like you said, uh, the word crushable is thrown around a lot, but that's what it is. It's sit on the dock, get on the boat, have a designated driver, have a bunch of these. Yeah, and that's the thing, like realistically, we're in Muskoka, Um, 90% of the people, as we're kind of talking about, there's not really any transit, so 90% Mm -hmm. of the people are driving around anyway, so, a 4% beer or even the rest of our beers, most are pretty low alcohol. Yeah. And it enables you to be outside, do stuff, have a good time. And S- still enjoy responsibly. Yeah. That's the important part. And that's at the end of the day. Awesome. Uh, so what's, what's Catalyst's story? So Catalyst is uh, a brewery that myself and Crystal, who's delivering beer in North Bay today, <laughs> uh, my wife, started up in 2016. And uh, it was kind of like she got me into beer, and that's why Catalyst is spelled with a K, not a C. And uh, she was that catalyst that kind of drove me into this. I took it further than I think she would have expected, but she was kind of on board with um, doing a whole brewery. And realistically, she's putting just as much into it as I have, <laughs> if not more. And uh, we've kind of like, she's done all the graphics, she does all the marketing, mm-hmm. she does all the labels, all, any, anything that's digital is Crystal's doing. I just make the beer. Um, and yeah, it, it just kind of expanded on me liking beer and getting into beer and then home brewing and then just going more and more and more and more. And at a certain point, um, I wasn't thrilled with my current employment situation. Like I was working in commercial real estate in Toronto, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's certainly a lot of people throwing around their egos in ways that I'm sure you can imagine, uh, and it wasn't for me. So I just kind of about a week before our 
wedding, I quit and um, <laughs> haven't been employed since really. That's, that's a big, yeah, especially the cost of a wedding. I don't know if you did one of the classic big, like 200 people wedding or just nice and small and 20 people. 50 people, still so expensive not, enough. Yeah, yeah. It was still yeah. enough. And depending where you do it to, you're still, you could still be coming out of the red pretty decently, uh, especially in the wedding industry, photographer and all that stuff. Oh, it, it, it was insane. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Weddings. I feel like the whole industry yeah. is predatory. A <laughs> <laughs> like, friend of the show, uh, she's a wedding photographer, so she might find offense to that. But uh, we, we bug her about it all the time. So I liked my yeah. photographer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so why Catalyst and why not kind of Bracebridge Brewing or, you know, named after uh, another kind of old part of, of Bracebridge or anything like so that? So when we started in 2016, which was years before... We got the physical location. Mm -hmm. We're contract brewing in Toronto. Um, so we didn't have a location. Okay. Um, and then once we, we sold that brand to Henderson in 2018. Okay. Okay. Uh, that just that skew basically. And then we looked at places sort of north of the city to open up because like real estate for industrial space basically in the city was just getting the, the rent. I was sitting there like, yeah. How much beer do I have to sell a month? Um, and yeah, we stumbled into this place. But at that point, like we already had an okay following on Instagram, on all our social. People knew the story. People knew. So like it felt like taking Catalyst and just making Bracebridge Brewing or um, not Muskoka Brewing, yeah. but like, or something else. You may get a season. Or Huntsville, Huntsville Brewing <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Gravenhurst Brewing or something like that. Like, um, it, it just seemed like you'd lose a lot of traction. Yeah. Although, who knows, you might pick up people anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and we, we looked at all sorts of buildings and we had options for some buildings that were kind of like, probably better suited from a production standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like this building's terrible production wise, um, but that's only something that affects me, which is the production side. Everyone <laughs> else that we have is customer facing. Where, and the space is warm and it's inviting for customers, which is kind of mm -hmm. what was most important. And kind of saw this building, pipes hanging out of the walls, bats flying around. Uh, like there was grain shoved in the walls because previously it was a grain uh, sort of distribution or storage facility. And kind of saw the potential, the exposed brick, the like the semi-industrial atmosphere. I knew that the floors were rated. They already had floor drains in that actually worked. Oh, yes. Uh, so I didn't have to do that. And it is right downtown. It's as close as you can get to downtown yeah. Bracebridge, yeah. which I realize is only 16,000 people. But without having to uh, get into like a retail space right on Manitoba, mm -hmm. which is the main drag, and having to spend who knows how much to increase the floor loads of a 200 year old building with a wooden trust floor. Like we needed something concrete yeah, and something yeah. that just like, yeah. you know, could adequately support everything. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear. I uh, mentioned Amy, Amy set this up today, thankfully. Uh, so thank you, Amy. Uh, you pretty much built everything yourself. Yeah. Um, it seems to be a pattern in my life. <laughs> so it, it was just kind of like, I've always been fairly handy. Um, I like building stuff. I seem to do it more. I like building stuff when I have time, mm -hmm. but I seem more recently to only be doing it when I'm under a time crunch, which is what it is. 
but when we were doing this, like we knew how much we had to spend and we knew it was going to be tight. Like the, you buy the equipment and then you're like, okay, cool. How much do I have to do everything else? And we looked at that number and we're like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so like you're sitting there, you're like, oh, well I have to buy chairs. And like, I can't make plastic chairs. Like I, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Um, but stuff like a bar, like you could spend 15 grand on a bar, 20 grand on a bar very easily. Ours is, I don't know, 1200 pounds of concrete. Yeah. And I polished it with like a, uh, like an epoxy, I guess, type of thing. No, this is just straight polish. There's no oh, okay. epoxy on this. So this is going from like 80 grit to 3000 grit with a wet polisher mm -hmm. over like two days. Like all the tables, um, I built out of wood from a sawmill down the road. Uh, like even, yeah, the table, not the couch, but all the racks, like all the welding I did, mm -hmm. um, doors, most of the electrical, except for the critical components that you actually have to get signed off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't do any of the three phase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming coming to an older building too, it's like, well, this wire was okay in the twenties, but now it's yeah, not. Like so. For our electrical, like our panel or our feed is mm -hmm. in the corner over there. Um, it was, com all the electrical was completely ripped out. So we didn't use any existing stuff because like I zapped myself a few times doing this with stuff that just shouldn't have been live. That was, oh man. So we just, we ripped all of it out and just started new. Yeah. My, my brother-in-law is an electrician. He's more than half the times he's like, it, this was supposed to be a dead wire. I, why, yeah. am, why am I getting this tingling feeling now? So it's, uh, you know what? Use professionals for some stuff for sure. Like electrical and, and, and plumbing that's the thing like so. and <laughs> yeah there, there was nothing in here yeah. um by the time we kind of got it so there was no plumbing there was no hvac there was it was a shell it mm -hmm. had animals living in various spaces because this building had been abandoned for 10 years okay uh yeah 10 years give or take by the time we kind of leased it and yeah we had a shell and knew that we had enough money for X amount of months. Yeah. So we had to get it done inside that time. And then opening just prior to the pandemic. I was, well, like, I mean, you couldn't know what was going to happen, yeah. but yeah. we opened in the winter cause we're like, okay, that'll be perfect. Like soft opening. Um, we'll be doing it so that like, we'll be firing on all cylinders by the time the summer season hits and January and February, are pretty good. March was starting to look up and like the sales are building and then March about 14th yeah. or 17th or whatever hits and you're like, Oh no. Yeah. Now we were at, uh, one of our favorite breweries, uh, friend of the show, Kahnawake brewing. It's like, we're there on a second anniversary. It's like, ah, oh, man, hopefully this COVID thing is not too crap. <laughs> we're done. Like that was, it was my last party this Saturday and Tuesday I was working from home until, yeah. uh, until further notice, which turned into, why are we renting space? Yep. Just work from home. You're wasting money on gas. I'm okay, boss. No problem. So kind of speaking of that, since uh, I'm out and vacationing, uh, the second beer you brought me, I'm seeing Vacation Voucher. Funny enough, uh, Vacation Voucher we released in March 2020 mm -hmm. because after the year of build out, just opening the brewery, stuff is starting to look up. Uh, we had a vacation booked to Mexico. Uh for a week, I think it was like March 22nd. Oh man. So obviously that got canceled and we got vacation vouchers. Yeah. And 
eventually we got rid of the vacation vouchers because mm. how many of those travel companies are going to exist? Yeah. Uh, and we had the beer in the tank as a Mexican lager and we're like, well, I guess this is what we're naming it. Yeah. So yeah, vacation voucher is kind of the next step up from uh, Doc Light in that it's a little more flavorful. You'll get a little more malt balance. Um, we mash it a little higher, so you'll get a little more residual sweetness, mm -hmm. which uh, helps to balance out the slight more alcohol that you get out of it. The little bit of corn in it too for, yep. for the Mexican Yeah, a little bit lager. of corn. Um, Doc Light has a little bit of corn as mm -hmm. well. Duck Light has a lot less corn than Vacation Voucher does, and that just, it rounds it out. Um, I find, even though corn is like super, super fermentable, like yeah. flake corn is, you end up getting this sort of character from the corn that makes you think it's sweeter than it is, which helps a lot if you're actually eating it with any sort of like Mexican or spicier yeah. dishes, really helps cut through it. Plus you do have the salsas and, and chips behind us, so. That's oh yeah, that's a nice. Yeah, we, we got a habanero salsa <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, awesome uh, toast. Nice, well balanced corn lager. Yeah. It's Mexican style, and it's not like you. I know a lot of people are throing in lime because they're like, oh, it's that. It's Corona. No, get, get that question all the keep, time. Keep it straight, man. Just and keep it like, the way it is. If if you really want to throw in a lime, throw in a lime. I'm not. No, I'm not putting in like either real limes and making a hell of a lot of work yeah. for something that's less shelf stable or fake lime. Like if you want a lime, I'm not going to be offended by it, but do it uh, on your own accord. Uh, what got you into brewing? Yeah. I mean, you um, said you quit the corporate job gig and what made you decide? Yeah, like it was like, aside from my wife got me into beer, the brewing side of it, I think it was at some point my dad was like, oh yeah, making beer is really hard. I was like, I guarantee you it's not. <laughs> And it was just something I like, buy a kit, make a beer. I was like, see, beer, look. It was probably horrible, yeah. but brewing isn't hard. It's all the sanitation and the cleaning practices. Like mm -hmm. the physical making beer isn't as hard as many people think. It's all the front end and the back end. Um, the brewing is actually kind of relaxing. But yeah, I started that and then I really, really enjoyed doing it. I liked drinking it once mm -hmm. I got past making horrible product and it became a hobby like I was still working at that point so you kind of get to the point where you're coming home and you need some way to de-stress so I can spend a few hours brewing at night and like just not think about anything and I just started doing it more and more and more and I think like the last year before I started brewing professionally I did like a hundred and 20 batches at home. Wow. So yeah, 100, 120, 110, 120 batches, which is like, yeah, two a week or so. Um, which is a lot, like it's more than you can drink. Yeah. So you end up pouring <laughs> a bunch of it, but it kind of gave the experience yeah. that I needed, I guess. And then mm -hmm. jumping to the commercial side, yeah. not really linear. There's a lot of stuff that you have to figure out, mm -hmm. but uh, you just kind of figured out like we're we're a 10 hack yeah. uh, brew house which isn't huge so it doesn't scale perfectly linearly but it's not like going from a 20 liter batch to a 15,000 liter mm -hmm. batch it's not quite the same sort of um, exponential yeah. curve yeah that's awesome uh, who decided on kind of the hot flower logo as, as catalysts logo 
Uh, that was Crystal. Okay. So, yeah, we had, I think we had a few different versions of it. We had one initially that was kind of more oval and just kept looking at it, and I liked it. Crystal kind of looked at it, she's like, no, this is stupid. <laughs> like, okay. She's like, no, this is A, it was three colors, which is a nightmare for yeah. printing anything, um, which is something you figure out as soon as you start printing merch and stuff. Like, less colors is always more economical, um, especially for detailed stuff like logos. Mm -hmm. And the circle is just more inviting. It's more transferable between, like, a hat and a shirt and a can and then an oval is. Mm -hmm. So we kind of ended up at that and then we have a couple different versions of it depending on um, what it's going on because some formats work better with this sort of horizontal yeah. logo and some work better with the circle logo, mm -hmm. some work better just simply. And yeah, it's just kind of like, like even when we get onto cans, yeah, like that takes, or that, takes up much better space on the can than just a circle logo mm -hmm. on what is a wrap. Yeah, what, what made you decide? Because your, your labels are pretty much kind of uniform color mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and the name and your naming, like what made you decide one, the logos and sticking with kind of, you do have the two, you have 355, yeah. except for your seltzer, which is four. No, that's 355. That's, that's a 355 okay. slim. slim. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's just a sexier way to package seltzer. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, generally, seltzers, uh, we do a couple wine hybrids mm -hmm. um, that we've packaged in slims. And it's just, honestly, it's a prettier format. Like, yeah. it just, it feels more elegant. Uh, so we do that with a few brands. Passion Project is in a 473 because that's what the LCBO wants. So that's what they get. Yeah. Uh, and then what we don't have in the LCBO is not in 473s because I prefer 355s. Yeah. Especially, you know, like you said, the more crushable beers I find, it's just, it's easier to have in that, yep. that 355 sure. can, so. Uh, the naming convention's pretty all over the place. Who, who comes up with the names? Um, it depends. Uh, everyone's kind of come up with different names at different times. Mm -hmm. um, like, Vacation Voucher, we already said. Resilience, that's, uh, those are beer. We've got, I don't know, a quarter of a keg left on tap, but that was our Ukrainian fundraising beer. Okay. So the can was a Ukrainian flag. Yep. Um, Giorgiognotti is an Italian pilsner. Giorgiognotti is the Italian version of yep. Days and yep. Nights. Okay. That's, um, and Days and Nights is not in German because it's not nearly, again, it's not nearly as sexy in German. <laughs> Italians of like yeah, German can be a sexy yeah. language, but well, it, uh, Italian's a, ro a romance language, just like uh, French and Italian, Spanish. Italian, so. yeah, like it's it just flows, mm -hmm. and like everyone that comes in says it a different way. Yeah. And I have no, I'm not Italian. I have no clue yeah. how it's pronounced. But days and nights, yeah. um, that was kind of like counting down the days and nights to actually get the brewery open. Mm -hmm. um, overdraft was kind of a joke at what I feel is the constant state of our bank account. <laughs> I was about to ask that. Is why it's called overdraft because of what it costs to run a brewery. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, road traveled has to do with where you've been, where mm, you're going. Yeah. Uh, passion project, because that's, you're, you're never gonna be a millionaire yeah. running a small brewery. So it is always a passion project. Dock light, it is a simple dock beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, sunset, I don't, 
I don't know that one. Uh, I mean, speaking I, of overdraft, uh, that's the next one in the lineup, it looks like. So tell me about overdraft. Yeah, so overdraft is uh, kind of the descendant of our original beer that we contracted when we were in Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't own the IP for it anymore, so I'm not going to say what that beer was, but anyone that's following us knows. Uh, so it's basically a rye, wheat, and continental pilsner-based saison fermented with a Belgian yeast at a very high temperature. So that gives you that banana, the clove. Mm -hmm. um, finishes a little sweeter than average on the palate. And just, that, that's probably my favorite, favorite beer when we release it each summer. Okay. Um, so I'll just drink that and everyone else will drink the Belgian wit and call it a day. Awesome, uh, toast. Oh yeah, that's a whole lot of clove and banana. Yep, yep. Mm. Your uh, flight design, the um, having a little magnet on the top, uh, on the bottom to kind of <laughs> yeah. put the thing in. What made you decide this and not your average uh, tap kind of palette thing that everybody uses? Where were we? I want to say we were in. I think we were in Vermont, and ah. we went to a brewery. Just stopped in it. I can't remember which brewery it was now, and saw something like this, and I was like, oh shit, that's way better. Like, yeah. we wanted something that wasn't like, was A, easy to make, B, easy to clean, and C, something that like, wasn't what you see everywhere. Like, you've seen little cradles, little caddies. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people are doing like muffin tins. Yep. Uh, like, all sorts of different things, but we wanted some way that you could actually, like, instead of just writing like one, two, three, four yeah. on the top, or writing something in chalk that is impossible to decipher. Because mm -hmm. there's different people working the bar at different points in time. If I'm working the bar, you're never gonna be able to read my writing. <laughs> um, and that way you can have a branded sheet that you put on it that looks a lot cleaner, looks better when you see it pop up in photos online instead of like chicken mm -hmm. scratch, and it just looks more put together, more professional. Yeah. So with the pandemic, uh, I'm assuming locals kind of really stepped up and started coming in, ordering online, stuff like that. Like. Were the locals here to really support you guys? We did. We had a tough, like, we had a kind of a tough spot, or we were in a tough spot because we just opened. So we didn't even have much of a chance to let people know we were here yet. Okay. So truthfully, we sold most of our beer in the city uh, during COVID, whether that was online orders, running it down once a month or once every couple of weeks. That's kind of how we support ourselves. I think we have a pretty good local following now. Mm -hmm. But it's something that takes a few uninterrupted months to build up. <laughs> yeah. So um, though, like we have lots of supporters that were out day one and they're in the mug club and they have been awesome. Um, some of them like Rob, who's in all the time, actually wrote all the code for our keg washer. And it, it's above my yeah. head. I, I, he sent me a screenshot of it. I was like, <laughs> it looks good, looks great. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Like having the mug club, I find it is very much a staple of uh, smaller breweries that are like, we have our regulars, we like yeah. to have our regulars, we like to have a, one, a yearly party with our regulars. It's, uh, to me, it's just the locals showing your lo their love to the place. And that's- Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I, from what I've seen, it's more common outside of, in Ontario anyway, outside of the GTA than it mm -hmm. is inside. Like. Yeah. Uh, we have one, Sawdust has a huge one. Um, I think Canvas has one now. So like, I don't know if uh, Clear Lake does. Yeah. But it, it's, some, it's something where people 
they can show their support, they can get something for it. Like they take home those mugs every year and we change up the mug every okay. year. And they can get discounts on stuff while still kind of bringing in revenue for us. Um, and, and it's just kind of a win, 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 win yeah. all around. When you think about it, it's almost like brewery Kickstarter or brewery exactly. Patreon type yep. of thing. So I, I love the concept. I've always said if I had a, my own brewery, that's I would totally have a mug yep. club. I would have all sorts of events and et cetera, et cetera. I'd be more project manager. Like your wife was this end and you're the brewer. That yeah. would be me is I would have your wife's job and find a brewer <laughs> to do everything else. So, Cause Sia, as uh, Buck Brewski said, science is hard. So, <laughs> um, so I know you have a local vineyard as well in your fridges, a three dog or. So three dog is actually yeah. uh, out of Prince Edward County. Okay. Um, yeah. There's not, not much of a wine growing region up here. Yeah. A lot of granite. So what we've been doing since, like we have a Tide House license, so that's our manufacturing license, mm -hmm. and then it's a liquor license kind of coupled onto it basically, which enables us to sell wine, hard liquor. We don't sell any hard liquor. Yeah. I just, I'd love to do bourbon or something at some point, but um, for now it's wine and we kind of feature a different winery um, every month or so. Yeah. So we had for between January and kind of June, um, Niagara wineries. Now we're into Prince Edward County. We'll move over to Essex at some point as well. And it's just something where like over the first two years that we were open, we kind of noticed that if you have a group come in, like a group of 10 people, there's always at least one person mm -hmm. in that group that maybe they drink beer, but that's not their preference. So if you have beer and wine, you can pretty much get everyone. Um, every once in a while, someone's just like, I just drink like scotch on the rocks. It's like, all right, yeah. well. Here's a hazy IPA, try something. I, here's a hazy boy, enjoy. <laughs> like, well, I, I don't know. Um, and it just, business-wise, it's a way of getting people to sit longer. Good. Because if one person in that group is miserable the whole yeah. time because they're just watching other people drink, it, it's kind of like, well, that's no fun for anyone. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, any local class or that comes with uh, a local coffee distributor for your stouts or uh, anything like that, or even with another brewery, any kind of collabs that you've done? We did. We did a coffee stout, what was that, a year and a half ago? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> with a local roaster who's no longer around, but... Oh. <laughs> and that worked out well. I do, we do a lot of collabs with Southern Ontario breweries, just because that's where um, <laughs> where I grew up and that's where I started. So we've done some stuff with People's Pint in Toronto. We've done stuff with Reverence Barrel Works in Cambridge. Uh, like we have a spontaneous beer back in the Chardonnay Barrel in the brewery back there that we did with Reverence in mm -hmm. December, I want to say. We just kind of wheeled the cool ship into the parking lot and like threw a little bit of cheesecloth over and I'm like, all right, there you go. We'll see you in a year and a half. And uh, yeah, like stuff coming up. I don't, we might do something with Reverence again in the fall. Cool. Um, we don't have a ton of tank space yeah. or a ton of time. Like at this point, we're kind of operating at capacity, uh, which is good and bad. It's just kind of yeah. empty a tank, fill it up again. And like, which I guess is yeah. a good problem to have. Empty the kegs out. and. Yeah, and that, yeah, you're just turning stuff kind of as quickly as you mm -hmm. can, especially in Muskoka in yeah. the summer. Uh, any dream, uh, one or two dream collabs you'd love to do? Any brewery in North America, Europe that you could even think of? 
What are, what are one of the two dream collabs? Uh, Cantillon would be one. Yeah. I, just the, like the attitude, yeah, so I many. love it. <laughs> yeah. I love the attitude. Just <laughs> like, I think, I think it was Cantillon when they moved to the new brewery, they harvested dust and dirt off the beams of the old one. It started spraying into yeah. the new one. I was like, that's just so perfect. Uh, in Canada, Cabin would be sick in okay. uh, Calgary. They're doing some really, really cool shit. Uh, they always have been. Uh, like I was there March, okay. something like that. I don't mm -hmm. know. But yeah, th those are kind of the two that I would think of offhand. Cool. Uh, I guess we'll finish up this last beer here, the Passion Project. So Passion Project is the workhorse. Mm -hmm. um, most expensive beer to produce yeah. and the one we sell the most of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, it's like, not a, I hate to say flagship because they're kind of dead in, an, in a way, but mm -hmm. that's our hazy IPA. It's what we move the most of. Um, so it's pretty much almost no bitterness hopping. It's all dry hop, cold side, and it's a mix of Citra, Zaka, Mandarina, Bavaria, a uh, little bit of Centennial, because for whatever reason, Centennial has been very, very fruit forward recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, every once in a while, we'll try and get a New Zealand hop in there, but kind of when we can get them on the spot market. Yeah. I understand your brewery dog is named after an Australian hop, to my understanding, Apollo. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, we were kind of, when we got them, we were looking for names that were, there's lots of hop names, but like, I don't know. Azaka is kind of a weird name for a dog. Yeah. Or like Hercules, that could be a good one. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were looking for something that sounded cool and also was, you know, beer related. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it's not named Brew or Indica. <laughs> it was like, no, it yeah, doesn't, it doesn't like, sound right. <laughs> no, you have to, it has to make sense. It's yeah. like when you get a kid to name uh, the, the dog, it's like, here, cupcake. Yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> Let's go see where Poo Poo is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was that kind of combination, mm. right? Yeah, brewery dogs are, are the best, I find. And you're clearly very dog welcoming. Uh, welcoming. Yep. I don't know if you have dog treats up front with your spent grain, like some. Nor normally, um, okay. he eats a lot of them. Okay. Well. But normally, we try and keep them stocked yeah. up. We have dog bowls and everything. We have uh, one of our regulars has like a 150 pound noof that's in all the time. So we have a bigger dog bowl for him. Yeah. Because uh, he's like, you need like four liters of water for that dog. Whereas like tiny little dog can just use a regular yeah, bowl. Yeah, small little bowl. But yeah, like it, just, it just kind yeah. of enhances, like it, it fosters community. And, mm -hmm. um, again, as long as they're well-behaved dogs, yeah. we haven't had too many that aren't, but it has happened. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking of the, the community aspect too, I like to ask, uh, so ourselves were in from out of town, we came here, yeah. uh, but let's say this was my first stop and I didn't do any research outside mm -hmm. of you, uh, friends in the area to try. When it comes to other beer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've got six breweries in Muskoka right now. Uh, I think there's one under construction, but that's kind of been rumored for a couple of years. Nah. Uh, Canvas in Huntsville is great. That's probably the best patio out of all the breweries. Um, I don't really want to shit on my own patio, but <laughs> like they have a two story patio oh. overlooking the water. Like, well, I can't yeah. compete with that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
like Jeff and Steve. You can watch are... the train from mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, there's a choo-choo. <laughs> well, yeah, Jeff and Steve are doing really great beers there. Um, and they've, they do all sorts of events and stuff because uh, they have this big event venue with a separate bar, which is key. Yeah. Uh, Sawdust is always doing great stuff. They have been for, I guess, 10 years now. Uh, yeah, close to a decade. Uh, I think Sanders. they were 2012. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, 2012 contracting, 2014 where they are right yes. now. So yeah, they're um, they're always doing great stuff. I'm yeah. in there fairly often. Um, Clear Lake is putting out some decent stuff these days, which is nice. And then who else do we have? If you go like a little further towards uh, Perry Sound, Trestles mm-hmm. got a killer setup. The beer's excellent. Um, that's another wicked patio overlooking the bay and the river and like they're elevated so you see everything ah. it's like oh man i should have considered it's, my patio uh, more. I mean, mentioning like your patio i was at job site in stratford and it's the same thing i got to stare at the train yeah so but it's still it's like good local beer and yeah uh, having family in kitchener stratford's only 45 minutes away when i'm yeah, visiting job them, site so. in I think they're in the old Timber Mart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beside the distillery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I missed out on the distillery, but I hit a bunch of the breweries in Stratford. Which Junction was nice. 46 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I unfortunately missed that almost. Pretty uh, good. I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll have to visit my family, and by visit my family, I mean grab my brother in law and go drink good beer. So That's where my family lives, <laughs> yeah. too. It's great. Uh, so you're clearly extremely busy. I'm assuming you don't have much time. Uh, but if there's time for you and the wife to take two weeks off and take... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This isn't ahead. the only time that we've been, I've been laughed at about this question. Uh, let's say somehow a miracle two weeks opens up where the world's not going to catch on fire if you yeah. leave for two weeks. Um, that beercation you've never taken that you'd love to. Um, I really want to go tour through France and Belgium from the beer, well, also wine, but the beer perspective. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to see a couple of those, like, really, really old monasteries and sort of older Trappist breweries. Because, mm-hmm. like, the last one in North America closed, like, or is closing. They're not closed yet, but yeah. uh, they announced that they're, which is kind of shit. Just yeah. Drink, drink yeah. more interesting beer, people. Um, (laughs) that would be really, really cool. I'd like to do Germany again. I've done it. Last time I did it, I wasn't of legal drinking age, uh, but it was still a very cool beer experience. Yeah. So like not as interested in Oktoberfest or anything Mm. like that, because it is effectively just a giant frat party. Yeah. Plus you have one, two hours away in Kitchener. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) Kitchener is same idea. Yeah. But seeing really, really old world breweries, like breweries that have been around for 100, 200 yeah, years, yeah. like things where you can find a piece of equipment that's been in use for a couple centuries, yeah. like stuff with history where like in North America, we don't really have that. We have a little bit of history, like 40 years. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's like Sierra Nevada or New Belgium yeah. or... Because even, uh, I mean, based in Montreal, it's like the birthplace of, of Molson. And it's like, well, the, the vacate of the building is still old, but inside's all there. Yeah, inside so, it'd be all new equipment. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is 300 years old. Yeah. But we actually threw all that stuff out. Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. They, they did that a bunch. Yeah. Um, and even like some of the original craft brewers in Ontario, like they don't really exist in the same capacity mm-hmm. anymore. So it's, it, there's not that much history. And I don't know. 
I'd like to see places that have more of that story. Yeah, that's a Jordan St. John's book, The Lost Breweries of Toronto. Good book. Uh, you know, I, I bought it. I still haven't read it. That's on my list. So I'm read busy. it. It's it's uh, fascinating. Yeah. So like, uh, I I love the history. It's you know, finding out even the Canadian uh, Canada's history. It's like finding out Kitchener used to be named Berlin, and that's why they have the festival. It's like what? Yeah. I had no idea until this year that it was used to be that. So I think there's still a town in Ontario called Swastika. <laughs> like there yeah. there's lots of really really bizarre yeah. stuff yeah. surrounding. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, just driving up here reading some of the names, we're like, oh, that's not very PC. Uh, no. That's not very PC. <laughs> no, so. there's a few, and, like, I drive quite a bit yeah. just between delivering beer and stuff like that, and you'll drive around and be like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Come on, Canada, time to wake up. Like, At least the small, you know, Swastika, Ontario, I can't see being more than, like, 3,000 people down, no, so it's, not. It's, uh, it's pretty wild, but the history of Canada is... A wild, wild thing to, to find out that. Yeah, where it's, been, it's where, where, uh, certainly got yeah. some really rough stuff. We, uh, we could do better. We certainly could. Some people are trying to, but to, to do better, and that's the important part. So, you know, uh, from everything from, you know, yeah, you're the same culture as, as all the other breweries, is we want anybody to drink here. We don't care yeah. if you're white, black, brown, purple, if whoever you love, you love just. Everybody can enjoy craft beer. This is the color of the palette rainbow. Yeah, the like there, the there's no here. reason to be exclusive. And no. I think some of that, um, some people are just assholes. Yeah. And that's like on all of our cans, if you look closely, it says, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> all of our cans except the LCBO can, because yeah. that wouldn't go through. Um, but it's it's really really simple. If yeah. you want to oversimplify, it's like just be nice to people. Yeah. Um, like have an open mind, be nice to people, yeah. and you can always have a conversation. And I fuck up all the time, always have. And if you're open to learning, and if you're open to actually um, bettering yourself, mm -hmm. then I think most people are quite receptive yeah. to it. And yeah, we'll never be the ones to shit on you, and if we do. Let us know. Yeah, that employee should no longer be here. In a sense, it just you can always be better. Yeah, there, so. you're you're never done improving, yeah. and that goes for um, your personality. Yeah. that goes for <laughs> brewing. That goes for everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's absolutely no finish line unless no. you're dead, right? Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Uh, what's next for Catalyst as a brand? Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're kind of really just coming out of pandemic when you think about it so <laughs> this is the first like open open summer we've had which has honestly been great mm -hmm. hectic but great uh we have some cool stuff coming up we've got a few we've got a whole series of loggers coming up uh like we do a lot of loggers anyway but for muskoka oktoberfest we have more like we have a stone beer we have um a rauk beer we have all sorts of like really nice old european lager styles uh, we're doing a lot of fruit beers. We're trying to get a fruited sour into the LCBO now, um, which is the peach sour that we've got on right now, Sunset. Mm -hmm. Whether it'll be called that in the, who knows. There's so much to do before then. Yeah. Um, we should be launching our spontaneous beer probably in December. Theoretically, to be method traditional, yeah. it has to be a year yeah. um, in the barrel, which is fine. So that's exciting. It's tasting pretty interesting right now, about seven months in, which we're really excited about. Um, 
got some new pale ales, new mm. IPAs coming out. We have a few sort of seltzer-based mixed drinks, like Mojito. We've got a peach yeah. version of that coming out soon as well. Uh, yeah, we're just going to keep mixing it up. Uh, keep on keeping on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if the option were there, if one of your two neighbors were to move out and the landlord's like, hey, you want the next space? Would you knock down that wall and expand? I'd certainly think about it. Yeah. Um, it de- like it depends. I know over there, oh, they're killing it over there. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> I'd have to see if I can put any tanks in there. Because <laughs> some of the units are pretty small. Okay. You need, like, we've got a decent amount of expansion room mm-hmm. in the back there. Like, the where our brew house is, we have, like, a 23-foot clear height on the ceiling. Yeah. So, yeah, I can, you got I can big, put, uh, like, 100-heck tanks yeah. in there if I needed. So, it's not as much of a uh, of an issue there. So Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I have another question. So thank you very much, Mark, for taking no time to your schedule. Uh, once again, uh, we're going to thank Amy when we see her, again, for setting this all this up. Um, for those who are looking for you guys physically and online, uh, where can the audience find you? Yeah, so we're in Bracebridge at 13D Taylor Road, which is at Taylor and Manitoba in downtown Bracebridge. Mm-hmm. Online, catalystbrewing.com. Uh, Instagram is all at Catalyst Brewing, all lowercase. And yeah, we're usually pretty quick to respond to stuff. Usually yeah. pretty attentive. <laughs> As said, you know, we set this up in less than 24 hours <laughs> to this interview. So. It's amazing. Uh, thank you once again for taking no time in your schedule to speak with us. Uh, for us, is allbeerinside.com at the, on the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. Uh, everything's going to be in the show notes. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>